Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Build with Gen Z. Today, I have a very, very special guest, Chris Messina. I hope I'm saying your name right. You nailed it. You nailed it. You got it. <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh, Today's Friday, so today's great. I'm happy. Um, <laughs> you're kind of like a big deal in the tech world. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you're the inventor of the hashtag, which... Any Gen Z who's listening to this is going to freak out knowing that you created the hashtag. Um, you worked at some of the biggest tech companies, Google, Uber. Um, you work with Product Hunt. You're one of the best. You're the number one product hunter, if I'm correct. Uh, you've hunted nearly 3,000 products. Yes. Pretty awesome. Um, so you're kind of a big deal for me and for the people listening. So I'm very happy to have you here. Um, just to get to know you better and for the audience to know a little bit more about you we're going to do a quick fire round of questions very quick just a couple of seconds um don't even think about it just give me the answer do my so best how, <laughs> awesome how old are you 40 what's the first thing you do when you wake up um unfortunately i check my phone what is your favorite place in the world oh wow um you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty flexible now. Um, uh, now that I've done a bit of travel, uh, I really like walking around cities and I like walking near water. So oceans, lakes, rivers. Oh. Yeah. So I love any kind of waterbed. Mm. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oof. Um, hmm. You know, uh, I know what it is. Uh, it's when people are asking me for something, but they're not actually clear about it. And they kind of either want me to like guess at what they want, or they're just like not assertive. And then they get disappointed if I don't do it or if I don't understand. And I feel like that's like putting this like unfair burden on me, which just like ask me what you want. And more than likely, mm -hmm. I will try to accommodate you. What is your favorite video game? Oh man, it's been so long. Um, you know, I'm currently playing a bunch of um, games uh, around... Um, the, the Kingdom Rush series, which is sort of like, you know, casual game. But I will say I, I really liked Trials Frontier, which is like a, a bike trick game. Um, and then one of my all-time favorites was Carmageddon, which unfortunately only works on the PC. And so there's like Carmageddon 2000, and now I'm really dating myself. But it was a fun <laughs> game where you drive around and smash things up. And it was one of the first games before Grand Theft Auto where like the vehicle would actually show damage over time and be harder to drive and like wheels would fall off and all the stuff. And anyways, that was, that was fun. I remember when I started playing Grand Theft Auto, it was fun. Mm. <laughs> Favorite product you've hunted. Oof. Um, you know, I, I think of products as actually being quite the assemblage of many different things. And so one that I hunted recently um, that I didn't know about before was called butter. And it's a, kind of live streaming tool for running workshops. And not only is the product delightful, it's like when you start using the product, you're in a waiting room and the music is really, really fun and sort of a little bit cheesy, but also good. But like the team was just so positive and pumped and excited, exciting to be around that, um, that just like gave me a whole different sense of um, who was building it and why it was so fun and why it was so playful. That's awesome. Clubhouse, Twitter spaces or green room? Um, the question of the century. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to pull social audio in general um, and say that it is a new kind of medium that people are comfortable with, that they're going to be using, that's probably a feature and will be a feature on many different platforms. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate the, the design and discipline of Clubhouse, mm -hmm. but 
the way in which it, it grew, and I don't know how exactly to explain it, but the culture kind of went off a cliff after a certain period. Um, and so I don't really go there as much anymore. I really enjoy Twitter spaces. I've been on it quite a lot, as you know, mm-hmm. um, largely because that's where my network is and where a lot of people that I admire and like to follow and you know tune into. Um, but the product is much less reliable than Clubhouse, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I've just barely used Greenhouse so far. And already it's... <sighs> It's, it's too soon to say. Okay, so let's get started with your product hunt journey. I know that's the thing that everybody talks about and the thing that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to go into the journey because anybody can go to chrismasina.me slash hunt me, yep. uh, hunt dash me. And then go. they can look at the FAQ and get all the answers that they want. So what is your biggest tip for an entrepreneur who's trying to get their product on product hunt? Um, it's actually far easier than I think a lot of people think. Um, the, I'll put it this way. If you create an account and you subscribe to the emails, I believe within two weeks, you can hunt your own product. So getting your product on product hunt is not actually the hard part. Um, Mm -hmm. the hard part, it's sort of like, you know, you can go and sign up for a YouTube account and create a YouTube channel and you can upload some videos, but no one's going to watch it. So Mm -hmm. there's obviously a much more important element of, like staging your launch, timing it, thinking about getting your community to come support you, and then also building up visibility or awareness in the product hunt community itself by being helpful, by you know giving feedback to other makers, by participating in discussions. Um, just generally, I would say that being a good citizen within the product hunt universe actually will reward you with other people sort of seeing that and then you know voting on and commenting on your product when you choose to launch it. Of course, you know, if you want to like find a hunter like myself, um, and there are many others that are available, you can work with us or you can have us hunt it for you. Um, but it's not a guaranteed type of success. You know, mm-hmm. we provide those of us who are hunters and have been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. We provide a bit of a high pass filter in the sense that, you know, we're going to make sure that we're not hunting things that are, you know, exploitative or just scams or, for example, just email capture pages. Those are not really that interesting because you can't try a product. Mm-hmm. So it's really about getting your product to the right level of readiness and having a sense for who you're trying to reach with your launch and what your goals are um, that you want to achieve by getting it out to that community. And if you're clear on those things, then I think a lot of a lot of it becomes easier. Yeah. So you said something very interesting that, um, you know, it's about being part of the product hunt community rather than just putting on your product and hope that one day it's going to go Doing viral. a drive-by. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I see that a lot of entrepreneurs do that. Not just entrepreneurs, mm. a lot of creators, a lot of people on the internet, they, they hop on a platform, they hope that they contribute and then suddenly they're going to blow up. Mm. Um, because part of, being a part of the community is very difficult, right? And actually contributing well, it's, it's time consuming. single yeah. day. It, it's time consuming. And I think it took you a couple of years to get there as well. Yeah. Um, so for an entrepreneur that doesn't have that time, <laughs> you know, to be part of the those communities, not just on on product hunt, but also on Reddit and you know those those larger platforms. What is your advice for them? Well, you know, I, I used to sort of, I would say, back in the earlier era of the social web, there was this sense that you would just be present on all the platforms, um, and I think. There is a lot more competition than, than people think. I think the mainstream media doesn't know how to cover it because they don't actually sign up for anything and none of their friends will sign up for things. And so they miss a lot of the smaller but nascent communities that are out there where there can be a lot of really interesting interactions and social engagement and places where there are people who are supportive and looking to, to meet new people. 
Um, so I guess what I mean is, or what I'm suggesting is that there are probably some communities out there, you know, depending on your product that are going to be worth your time and that you should actually cultivate relationships in. And I think product hunting is one that is worth sort of at least a, especially if you're selling uh, software or SaaS or, you know, building something where you need users and you want product feedback um, or you're building a digital product in general, or you're working on notion or something along those lines. Um, the type of feedback that you're going to get from a place like product Hunt is very different than you're going to get for, for um, from like app store reviews, for example, where you're dealing with a very sort of everyday user, a very casual user, you know, who really just wants a good deal or, you know, they want to be entertained. And so if something doesn't work, they're going to be really aggressive and mean and give you one star and like, you know, leave because there's no real um, co-commitment. On Product Hunt, again, if you're showing up and you're providing valuable feedback for other makers or founders who are in a similar position to you, again, whether or not that other founder or maker repays or returns the favor to you, um, isn't the point. It's that other people who are around may see you engaging in a certain way and then reward you for your contributions. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not exactly a, a quid pro quo as it is about creating a, a, a presence that's yeah. visible and giving a sense for how you show up and how you contribute. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just finding one day a week where you know you, you drop in on Product Hunt and you comment on the top five products and you ask some questions or um, if you reach out to the makers and you say, Hey, I really like this, like, you know, can I be helpful? Or would it be cool if I shared this with, you know, my community or something, just doing things like that. I think accrues like reputation. It's not really reputation points over time, but it's a sense of your, I don't know, like extroversion um, in a way that's seated in, in utility. Um, and because it's so rare, because like you said, there's so many people who are just joining these platforms and networks looking for something for themselves. Um, it's really easy to stand out. You know, it's like a really, in some ways, great marketing tactic to be useful mm -hmm. and helpful. Mm -hmm. I I find the 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 entire industry of community and mm. community software is very very interesting because a lot of people, or I see a lot of entrepreneurs trying to build uh, commercialized communities where uh, you're part of a community because in the end there's going to be some kind of reward, monetary right. reward. Versus the platforms like credit, like product hunt, it's really not about that there's going to be a payment in the end for being a part of the community. It's just being a part of a community. And that's, right. you know, that's all, all it is about. So I find that very, very interesting. Um, you mentioned that you dislike products that are fundamentally about content marketing versus mm. providing functionality. What do you mm. mean by that? Um, you know, personally, it just, I don't know if it's a, if it's a matter of utility or a matter of, um, functionality perhaps, but for a while I was getting a lot of pitches that were just like, you know, eBooks and kind of give me your email and I'll give you a PDF, you know, that I made, you know, of a bunch of stats and charts that I picked off the internet. And so it was like really not that valuable. And it was very clear that it was just about harvesting personal information from other people. So then they could mm -hmm. spam them later on. I think for me, the way that I would evaluate it is like, if you were offering the same content without asking for my email address um, and just giving it away because you thought it was valuable and useful for the community. That is something that I would say, cool. Like I would probably be willing to hunt that or support that. Um, and then maybe if you do add on the email to get updates, if the thing is updated or changed or improved over time, then that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if it, again, it's sort of, you know, paying with your email address. Um, I, I just, I don't know. There's, there's so much of that and it's so easy to, 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 
put those things together that actually have no value. Um, that I don't think that product needs more of those things. It's actually there's there was um this in this this year's WWDC there were some app store guideline changes mm-hmm. and they talked about and maybe this was there before but I hadn't noticed it that um, the app store has gotten sensitive about certain app categories becoming saturated, and so like you know fart apps for example like. Those are very easy to build. There's tons of them. Um, you're probably not going to innovate that much and you're not really supporting humanity, um, really. And how many fart apps do you really need? So the app store is like, okay, stop making those, stop charging 99 cents. Like that's not really what we want the app store to be about. So in a similar way, I guess in my own part, I'm trying to sort of keep the caliber of what shows up on product hunts like at a certain level. 